Bench Talk. I'm your host Tom Gerard. Uh, this is the first episode back for 2018. Thanks for being patient. Uh, I needed a well-earned break. I hope you've all had a great start to the new year. Um, 2018 is going to be a big one. I can feel it now. I uh, hope you all feel the same. Um, this week I catch up with Ian McCullum. He's uh, a guy I met while I was doing Wonderwalls Festival up in Wollongong uh, late last year. I uh, had, had the chance to sit down and record an interview with him. Um, he's a Toowoomba-based artist and sign writer. He did a great wall up at uh, Wonder Walls, and he also done a lot of good work around Toowoomba. Um, it was great to find out more about him, and uh, I hope you enjoy the interview. Like, um, like, I don't really know anything about Toowoomba. Like, mm. I looked it up on the map and realised it's outside of um, Brisbane. Mm. I thought it was, for some reason, I thought it was far north or something like that. Yeah. But, um, like, what, what's it like out there? Well, I mean, it's probably similar in, um, like, geographically um, to Wollongong. You know, Wollongong's about an hour and 20 from Sydney. We're about an hour, hour and a half, hour and 20 from Brizzy. So um, both of them work well for festivals because, uh, you know, an injection of, of uh, visiting artists and creativity and stuff. Um, yeah, it's 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 a sleepy little town, but it's definitely bubbling up. You know, it's always had a a creative undercurrent. Um, there's a university there. Um, I'm excited to see what where what goes where it's going. You know, yeah. Um, and it's been exciting being part of a, a a shift in not only like the like the visual kind of fabric of the place. But um, what comes through now, you know? Because mm. everything we've done there was things that I wanted as a kid, you know, when yeah. I was growing up there. So it's, it's, um, it's cool to see the shift, yeah. Yeah, because you've, um, like, just doing my research on you <laughs> and stuff, it seems like you're, um, you're doing a lot for the you know, creativity of, of Toowoomba. Yeah. You know, like your a- fingers in a lot of pies and sort of making things happen over there. Yeah, so uh, we we started a studio and we were we were kicking about six months or so um, when we when we started First Coat um, for, uh, and it was not very long after the first Wonder Wars actually it was in uh, November same time as it, uh, it's happening now and we popped off the first First Coat in February for the, the next year um, yeah it was a very exciting time. Yeah, so uh, yeah, because I don't know much about First Coat Festival. Like, like what, like what, what's it all about? Like, what do you do? Uh, yeah. So what we were talking about before, uh, full creative expression for artists to come and um, do what they do. Um, no briefs, nothing like that. Um, it all started uh, a um, uh, someone from council came into the studio, uh, which is good. So, some, there's something about having like a premises which sort of, um, I don't know whether it like to the outsider, like gives you a legitimacy, legitimacy straight off or something. I don't know. But anyway, they came in and said they were going for this funding and could we, what, what could we do with it? And, um, it all kind of rolled on from there. And it was really like, if it weren't for 
an injection of support from um, people like Matthew Haynes from Analog Digital and then through that putting us in contact with Luke Scholler from Ironlack. Things really snowballed and the event got much larger a lot quicker than, than we thought. Um, yeah, it was great. I had a lot of I had a lot of people telling me like, oh, you'll never like you're not gonna get this artist. You're not gonna get these uh, this other artist. And then when they came, they were like, holy fuck. Yeah, you did it. So like, who are you talking about? Like, what sort of artists have you been getting up there? Uh, we got Ewok over to paint his first piece in Australia, which is which was really exciting. Um, but we've we've had people from all over the world. Yeah, it's good. It's hard to remember them all. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's easy if you jump on the website you can see the, the list yeah will do yeah. so what, what is it like just firstcoatfestival.com mm. yeah firstcoatfestival.com.au cool I'll yeah. look it up I'll yeah. have a look yeah and we're actually in the process now of um, rebranding the studio so the studio is Contraband Studios mm-hmm. and that made a lot of sense when we started off as a graffiti store you know um, things have progressed I was only like 20 one or 22 when we, we started Contraband so it was a fitting name for a graffiti store as a young adult but yeah just with the shift in things we're trying to um, make the studio more linked with the public projects and make it more um, accessible and community driven you know yeah mm. so with um with all these things you're doing with the you know starting the studio and, and getting the festival up and running so it's all been like uh, things that you've seen happening elsewhere and you think, oh, this could really be happening around here. Like there's like a gap, gap in the market almost, you know. I think when like that, those kind of ideas started, it wasn't any, in any way a gap in the market kind of thing. Well, because we're in like that hybrid arts space. Um, we had the studio and then, well, I mean, we had the, we had the store and then we're also like trying to screen print shirts for a bit doing all kinds of things and we were using another space because there was artist studios there as well so we were like utilizing the store space and then a bit of a studio space but it wasn't ideal yeah and I was just getting so bored like sitting behind a desk waiting for nobody to come in and like we'd be closed all the time because we're so bored and no one's coming in so it just made sense to have a studio where we could also stock paint so that if people came in like we would we were just there doing what we do anyway mm. so that was the shift makes sense yeah so when you, when you said you were doing an apprenticeship was that in like um sign writing yeah, yeah. so straight out out of school uh jumped straight into a four-year apprenticeship in sign writing um I got there i was like really excited you know like mm. yeah i'm gonna be like learning how to draw letters and paint letters and shit and the tradie there was just like, uh, sorry to disappoint you, but you're just a glorified sticker applier. But in some respects, I was lucky because we pinstripe trucks and painted letters on truck doors and things like that. So I learned brush care, um, like all the brush, like the stroke practice, like brush control, all of that kind of stuff. Not so much in like the sketching of letters and drawing the letters, but I knew how to like, if I could get the letters up on, onto something, I could paint them real clean. Mm. So I take it was like, um, you know, you're painting letters with spray paint and stuff like that. Is that what drew you towards sign writing? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, to love of letters, man. I, yeah. I, yeah, it's like, 
I remember when I got into graffiti, I'd just start seeing letters in like cracks of walls and bits of like garden bed bark and stuff, you know, like I was just making letters out of stuff. I was like, oh, I'd like to learn how these like, because it was so mysterious, especially the traditional sign writing, like how these guys just like get up there and just like draw these perfect letters, mm. you know, because no one was doing it really anymore. And it's just like, how do they do that? Yeah. But I think it was that fascination for sure. Yeah, because I know like um, a lot of uh, graffiti writers in the 90s, like when I was first starting out, it was like the, it was just what happened, you know, you you leave school if mm. you're into graffiti and you become a sign writer. Yeah. And that was before like, um, like the digital age so much. So yeah. like nowadays it's like you become a graphic designer or whatever. But, Fully, um, man, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but back then it was like, no, you become a sign writer and mm. because everyone was... Um, you know, painting everything by hand. Mm. And then, uh, and you see them all now, and like I speak to a lot of those older writers, and they're like, man, we just press some print on the vinyl <laughs> vinyl machine these days, you know, yeah. approving artwork, making sure it prints, and then applying it to like windows and stuff like that. It's a, mm. uh, it's, it's a real shame to see what, what's happened to the industry. You yeah, know? definitely, man. Like mm. if you look at an old hand painted sign, it becomes a piece of art, but like a, an old vinyl sign cracks and shrinks and you can see the glue marks still there and then the dust gets on it and like you know yeah interesting though like I, I remember watching a, a, it might have been Beautiful Losers and Espo was talking about when he was trying to like get a sign writing job in America and like no one would give him a job because he was one of the he was a graffiti writer and they like hated it over there. I find that really interesting. Whereas like over here, like that, like everyone was a graffiti. Well, not everyone, but like so many of them were. Yeah. And do you think like um, traditional signage still has its place within the industry? Like, do, do, if if you contacted like your local sign writing place and said, "I want my my window done with brushes," would they would they be even able able even able to provide that service? Uh, there's a there's one in town for sure. In, uh, that that can do it. Um, Tierney Signs, they uh, Adam specifically gives me a lot of tips. Yeah. Mm. Um, but they're like fifth generation or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but to survive as a fully commercial sign writing business, it's pretty difficult to be solely hand painted signs. Yeah. These days. Unless you're in a big metropolitan area, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been um, like doing some work lately, just like alongside other artists in a, in a studio. But um, one of the guys in there, he's a sign writer. He's like, a, he's an um, older guy, uh, Ray Peterson. Like, I don't know if you've heard of him. But that name sounds familiar. Yeah, hey? apparently he's quite well known with yeah. sign writing. Mm. He's been around for years. He's like, I don't know, in his 50s or something like that. Yeah. This is in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, and he. I know um, that name, eh? Yeah, but he was saying that he's um, like he he's really passionate about the craft, and he's mm. you know because he's come up, he's been doing it for X amount of years. I don't know how old he is. I don't want to put, a, put an age on him, but he's mm. older than us. Put it that way. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and he um, and he's wanting to start a course because he knows that like he's going down to part time, and he knows mm. he's like phasing out of his mm. career. He's like, I've got all this knowledge, and. I'd want to pass it on to someone. So mm. he's, st he's looking to start courses to um, good like train yeah. people who are passionate about sign writing. 
Awesome. Yeah. Did you like? Did you? I would be interested in that. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. let him know. Yeah. Because like I, yeah. that's the thing with sign writing, man. You could do it your whole life, and you still mm. wouldn't know everything. Yeah, it's funny because like I've, I've worked with him, and it's like, oh, how'd you do that? Like just out of curiosity and he's like yeah 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 you know, like I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to tell you sort of thing but then well that's the old that's the old songwriter mentality man because yeah. like when it was everyone painting everyone had their tricks and yeah. they all kept it like to themselves and like if they had the best way to do it like they could yeah. punch out more work quicker you know it was like that speed and efficiency mm. thing which mm. is super impressive but like everyone it was it was so much more of a closed book but now because it's sort of fading People want to just keep it alive. Mm. And so, like, you are seeing more people doing classes, more people sharing knowledge and things like that. Yeah. Because, like, he'll, he'll end thing. up... Like, if I say, oh, how'd you do that? He'll, he'll tell me. Mm. But at first, his initial reaction is like, hey, no, 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 no. That's, yeah. that's, 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 that's my secret. That's my... Exactly. That's what makes me who I am, sort of thing. And it's yeah. like, oh, I get, I get you. But um, it's that old school mentality. But, mm. but he's... Uh, yeah, so he's looking to create some schools, like... Just to sort of keep it keep it alive. He's like, I don't right. want to die with all this knowledge inside me and, mm. and not have be able to pass it on. Dude, you have any older sign writers teach you? Well, I did trade? my apprenticeship, but then uh, the apprenticeship that I did, he was very close book too because he didn't want me learning everything and going out and doing my own thing. Mm. But then that was kind of backwards. And what happened there was that I was just getting frustrated with not learning and. It's just like, see ya. You're like, I, I can't be here. Like, this doesn't feel like a... It didn't feel like a nurturing kind of, or like a good mentor-mentee relationship, you know? Yeah. You know, like, it should oh, be yeah, yeah. way more open book than that. Like, I didn't learn how to draw any letters. Mm. Like, I learned a tiny little bit how to draw a fucking block letter at TAFE. Mm. And, like... Yeah, I mean, I I did well at TAFE, but like, I wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't that interesting, you know. Like, I wanted to learn how. Like, how do you just like draw the letters and like space them right, and how do you figure out how long each word is, and then like, you know, like, oh, that word's gonna be that long, so that means that that probably needs to be this far in from this edge, and then like this next one needs to be this far in. Yeah. Like. It sounds really simple when you say it fast, but when you're hand drawing it, it's really fucking tricky. Yeah, no, I understand. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I like, um, I yeah, I'm lucky. I get to use a lot of technology that helps me set up things for hand painting. But as far as like fully traditional, I'm not there. No. Yeah. So what sort of technology are you talking about? Oh yeah, like Adobe Illustrator and things like that, and then just sort of like scale it up. One to ten or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so how many years have you been doing sign writing for? Uh, so I started in 2008, went till 2012. Um, Going on ten years. Yeah, but I stopped. I didn't. I didn't pick up the brush for two solid years after I finished my apprenticeship. Like mm. I was just like really off it. Hey, like I just like. There was bits that were good about it, but like overall, I didn't enjoy the experience. But like, I wouldn't take it back because if I hadn't done it, I wouldn't be where I am now. But I needed that break to go do some other sort of styles and some other things. And then when I rekindled my 
interest in it it was on my own terms and I did it how I wanted to do it and I taught myself stuff through books and that was much the same as like graffiti you know it was like you're on on your own terms and like the second time around doing it I love it so much more but that four years of using the brush and stuff gave me all this like pre-knowledge like it was like I surprised myself when I picked up a brush again after two years and I could still pull like a really clean line so like all of that kind of shaky like actual motor function and like actual practicality was done it was just like actually just the other design kind of bit that I needed to figure out yeah and I mean like not like it's all you got to practice a lot and it's not like I was like amazing like again but like I was surprised that I could still do it you know yeah yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like that way when I jump on a skateboard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I still got it, then the next day it's like, nah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I used to skate once, man. Yeah. But um, a few years ago, my wife and I went, went on a really big trip in uh, Latin America. Oh, and, the um, signs over there are amazing. Yeah, we, we were there for nearly two years. And, um, and like, we... we like our first port of call was like um, Brazil and everything. Mm. That was cool. But then once we got to Argentina, it's like, wow, look at all the amazing signage. Mm. We started taking photos and everything and, and put we had a, like a blog because like it was before Instagram and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, a Flickr? Yeah. Oh, I didn't <laughs> even have a Flickr. Remember man. Just, Flickr? Yeah. That was the graffiti hotspot. Yeah. But then we... Um, but then we started like a... A, f- a friend of ours said, oh, you need to make a book of all these signs you're taking photos of. And we we started, like, really seriously documenting it. And, mm. um, and oh, I've got so many... Like, we've got hundreds and hundreds of photos of, of different signage all throughout Latin America. And the thing... The, the weird thing is, is that, like, the vinyl hasn't come in over there yeah. so much. Exactly. And there's all... Like, even in the little towns and villages and stuff, there's mm. always someone... Like, everyone needs their signs painted. There's always someone mm. going around just going, oh, yeah, da, da, da. It's like mm. the name of the shop and this and that. And you get all different skill levels. And, yeah. and it's like <laughs> some, of the, it's some of the most naive stuff. It was the, the coolest it's as the, well. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and also just even, like, little things like in, like wayfinding and, and, like, there was even one... Like in Colombia, I saw that was really cool. It was like it was this corner that is, you could tell the people piss in there a lot. It's like <laughs> a little tucked away corner near all the bars. Yeah, and it had like um, it just said in in Spanish, "If you if you piss here, I'll shoot you." And it had, a <laughs> picture, had a picture of a gun. But just the way it was done was really cool. And then it said, and then underneath it said, "Bang bang." <laughs> but but even in like um, you know, we're in Bolivia, up in like um, like with the yeah, real tra- in, everyone's in real traditional Bolivian dress and that and then yeah. you know like people were doing the signage and it was all based around their styling and everything and yeah. there was just so much cool stuff you know yeah. like um, and as we got closer to America as we got closer to like Mexico and then like we eventually ended up in the States it all just started disappearing and it was did you like, go up through like TJ? yeah yeah even TJ's got like some interesting stuff there though yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I mean as soon as you cross over into San Diego it's like gone yeah. Bang. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I was in San Diego and ducked over to TJ just for a day trip. And even there, like, I was like, there's fucking gold here. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I really would like to spend more time yeah. down there. 
I've still got all these photos. I still really want to do something with it. But um, it's like we were hassling publishers and all that. And you know, there was a time when print really died. It's starting to sort of climb back out of mm. the the coffin, you know. But um, yeah. But it was during that that era, and we were talking to publishers and all that. But no one would really properly do it. We didn't want to self-publish because we were, yeah, traveling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't have right. cash for that. You know, we didn't want to travel with a bloody pallet of books. Yeah. So anyway, moving on, like as, as well as being like a, a sign writer, you're an artist as well. Like you got a, an art career. That's what, that's what we're here to, today for, like in Wollongong, mm. you know, big art festival. So like, um, how'd you get into art? Uh, I mean, like I always drew as a kid, but definitely graffiti was the, the thing that really clenched it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, like a friend of a friend, uh, you know, got me onto hip hop and then graffiti and um, started schooling me up. And then um, instead of going to sport on a Wednesday, is, that, is it Wednesday everywhere for schools in Australia? Wednesday sport? Oh, I never did it, man. Yeah, yeah. I just skated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd skip out on sport and we'd go down to the youth service and there was um, some local writers down there that teach you how to spray paint. It was great. But like for so long, I painted on the, these little panels. So then the first piece I did <laughs> was like real tiny, eh? Yeah. Like really small. And then like I was painting next to my friend, like it was on a water tower. So I was around, I couldn't really see what he was doing. And he comes around and he's just like, what are you doing? Like, do it a bit bigger, eh? <laughs> it was so small. Size, and then like size of your torso sort of thing you know oh it's just like the size yeah. of a t 24 by 1200 panel like that's what we learn on <laughs> and then <laughs> it was so small and then like the next piece i did was like so big like i just like overcompensated and then like all pieces that i do are like doing them big <laughs> it was like that i think it was that overcompensation from that first point like yeah no one's saying my piece is too little now. <laughs> um, so, like, what came first, though? The sign writing or the art? Like, because like, it sounds like you sort of got into the, the two of them straight out of... Um, oh, yeah, so, food. yeah, like, art was my favourite class at school. Uh, I was do experimenting with a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, experimenting with a lot of stuff, not just art. And um, then, yeah, straight out of school, went to do sign writing. And then at that same point, um, there was a local artist, Alison Mooney, who was pushing for more more opportunities for local artists. And um, she was running a gallery at a cafe, above a cafe, and there was shows quite regularly there and I started doing things there uh, doing all kinds of things like that was probably the time that I started doing more characters not just pieces um, I found a painting from one of those shows at my dad's house the other day and I was like you need to throw it out and he's like no I'm keeping it it might be worth something one day I was like it's not it's called snot rag scumbag and it's like this guy with like a giant nose and like all this snots like squirting out of it but then he's like on it like on a fountain and then his legs are being cut off but then he's like out of his leg stumps so he's like little baby legs growing out 
And it's just like so fucking weird. Like, so I've done all kinds of strange stuff. And it's kind of been nice doing that in a place where it's been a quite small community because I like, you know, I haven't shared a lot of that stuff and it's just been really interesting. I even painted at like this jazz evening there once and I painted this monkey and he's like had a hat on and he was drinking a tally and he had like a speech bubble because like, I don't know, I thought the night was like real fancy and he just said like, classy as fuck. And he was like, <laughs> in his teeth, like his teeth were all jagged, but they made out like, he, like he was flipping the bird, but yeah. like in his teeth, it was like the same shape. <laughs> just like strange stuff. Yeah. 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 So, um, that was your introduction into art. Yeah, so that was like just experimenting <laughs> a lot, just doing dumb shit, man. Like, and that's what, like, that's what it's all about. I think is like you've got to do all those years of just doing whatever and not really thinking about it too much, and and that's what's so fun about graffiti too. Is like you just, it's just so fun. Mm. Um, and then. Yeah, and then as things progressed, like things got more serious and I was experimenting with more and more styles and I've been doing that for the last 10 years, like all different stuff. And like mates of mine would be like, what are you doing? Like you're just changing your style like all the time, you know, because that's like a big thing. It's like get your name up, get your fucking style out there. But I was just like flip flopping around all the time. But without doing that, I wouldn't be where I am now. Exactly. It's the best way to um, work out who you are. Because mm. I've said it before on the podcast, but it's like you play around with lots of different ideas and styles. And the ones that aren't sticking start to drop away. Exactly. And then you pick a bit, you might take something from there and then the best it bit. ends up, yeah, it's just like, mm. you know, just culling all what does, what's not working, keeping what does and mm. ends up being who you are. Because... Like what I see from looking at your art now, it's like you've got a solid style. It's like, this is, you know, you know who you are and what you do, you know. Yeah, and it feels good to get to this point. Yeah. Yeah, like I I feel like I know why I'm painting what I'm painting and and it feels aesthetically good and, yeah. and honest. And like as soon as I painted this, like started doing this stuff that felt really honest to me, that was when people connected with it. I find that really interesting. Yeah. So, like, with, with your art, like, you f feature a lot of, like, um, like, you know, splashes of colour and textures and everything, like, like mixed with sign writing. Like, where did all the uh, the elements come from? Like, we know where the sign writing came from, but what about the others? Like... So, uh, what it is, is I document all the time. So, I'm always collecting little pieces of texture like even this mark on the wall over there and I'm always looking at and that probably came from hunting for signs mm -hmm. but then it also uh, there's a relationship between the stuff that I do in the studio and the, and the work that I do outside and I'm really interested in the this like slippage of ideas and 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 aesthetics between the, the outdoor world and the indoor gallery slash studio work so a lot of my a lot of my paintings in the in the public space directly a reference and in a way wouldn't be able to happen without me doing the studio stuff so like there's a lot of really intuitive 
expressive mark making that can happen on a really small scale, quick thoughts, all that kind of thing, that you can't you can't do on the pub in like on a large scale, because one you'll just like waste so much paint, and two like it's just logistically too hard to work that quick. So I'm interested in this idea of like getting these really small little fragments of textures because like when I'm painting I'm really close to it and then enlarging it so it's almost like you're making like you so in one way you're blowing up the the texture and then the other way like you could almost view the viewer as being like shrunken down and walking around looking at like a big version of a painting of mine in the studio yeah interested in that idea of perception and also just like observing the world yeah hmm. yeah because like I've, I've noticed that with your your smaller paintings and your larger paintings if you if you cropped in and they were just like a, a jpeg on mm. in a digital form like mm. you wouldn't know if they were you know like what scale it was a, yeah on the size of a side of a four-story building or, or on a wooden panel yeah you know? and i think that's super fascinating too with the world of instagram like you can paint this giant thing but then people are looking on this like yeah. inch square little screen I know it's like you need <clears throat> need to breaks my heart a little bit sometimes always need something for scale yeah yeah, yeah like yeah because yeah. Yeah. art's best viewed in the flesh yeah it's, it's just the way it is it's like I, I know from you know when I travel I try and see as much art as possible mm. and it's like we, nothing beats seeing it in the flesh because exactly. that that phone mm. or that screen or whatever it's um it's always going to be the same size no yeah. matter how big it is i've had so many comments of people who'd only like seen my studio paintings on a screen and when they see them in real life they're like i didn't realize there was that much detail in them. like there's just like so much more like texturally and like there's just so much more that you miss yeah and like speaking about like like presenting your your work like from what I've seen online, because I've, I haven't seen any of your um, studio work in the flesh, but it always seems to be like really nicely like presented, like in a wooden frame. Like, is it, you do you paint on wooden panels? Is that your medium? Yeah, I paint on wooden panels, just because I can get a bit more aggressive with them, yeah. scrape them and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. like not, I can still paint on canvas. I've, I've, I've done it, yeah. Mm. But you always have like a wooden wooden frame with like a, a floating frame mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, just like those little little things to finish it off. Is that like sort of part of the the handmade look and like just presenting it nicely with like a handmade frame, I guess? Uh, well, I actually don't ever know if my paintings are done until I framed it, mm. because the way that they are quite busy and all the spillage and stuff in a way the paintings are like a fragment of a of a piece of like everything it's like a crop of it's like a crop of my like one my life because like like they're a lot like a journal like i'm putting in things that i've seen and like with both the studio and the outdoor work i'm putting in things that i just discover on a daily basis so um in a way once i frame it it's actually just like that boxing it in like removes it then and then yeah. you, that's actually the snapshot um i make all the frames myself so um i'll just i'll make it and sit it in and then take it out if it doesn't feel finished okay and then put it back in and then that's when i know so you're like handy with all the woodwork yeah i love it stuff. yeah wow 
Yeah. I got a guy in my studio that makes all my frames for me and yeah, wooden that, boards. That'd and be that. even better. Yeah, maybe I'm, one man, day I'll get one of them. I'm, oh, <laughs> I just power tools and that to scare the fuck out yeah. of me. Oh, I'm all right with a drill. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as it's put a blade on it, it's like, nah, man. <laughs> I'll just keep my fingers and just play play with my paints over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's your wife feel about that? She's happy. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's all right. I've got all ten fingers. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like I'm. I, I don't know if if you speak to people who've known me for many years, like people like I've got friends that won't even get in the car with me and go on a road trip because they're like, <laughs> man, I just don't trust you. It's a bit um. It's like fucking hell, man. I've driven like across the states and yeah, driven all over foreign countries on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, like, man, you seem resourceful right. as hell. I know, but yeah. it's just these like they they know they know me like since I was a kid and they know that I'm a bit bit clumsy you know <laughs> <laughs> well I think you know you're a bit clumsy yeah, too just staying away myself. from the blades I don't trust yeah. myself it's like <laughs> uh, you know the, the woodwork guy at my studio would be like oh just chop that on that on the bandsaw over there it's like can you do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah right but, yeah but it's, uh, it's funny because I've got a twin brother who's yeah. got a shed full of power tools and he loves it yeah right yeah and it's weird chalk and cheese yeah. Yeah, twins aren't always the same. Nah, not at all. So you got the art practice, you got First Coat Festival and Contraband Studio. So you got a lot going on. Like um like what sort of uh things you got going in the pipeline? So we're currently in the process of uh rebranding Contraband Studios, trying to link everything together and make it more cohesive. Uh so it'll be first coat studios and first coat projects. Um, we've actually just had our final festival this year. We did uh, year number four, and uh, just with this transition, we're taking a break from a, a large intensive pro- uh, festival like that. Do, do they so, happen annually? So yeah, the festivals happened every year for the last four years. Uh, we're just in a bit of a shift at the moment with the festival and the studio and and where we're sort of directing that and and what its future is for longevity. Uh, Both the directors uh, have got their sights on uh, New Horizons, you know, so we're we're trying to do some new things. So uh, that for me is focusing more heavily on my arts practice. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, pers- personally, as an artist, I find that it's like the the most important thing. Like, I try and have like like lots of side projects going on and all that sort of stuff. Like, even this podcast, it takes up a lot of my time. Mm. But I know, like, number one is keep creating my artwork. You know, like it's so you know, important. You just like you so, get sorry, down when sorry, you're not doing talk it. Listeners, <laughs> very high on my priority list. But number one is is my art practice. You know, for sure, man. Yeah. And um. Yeah, you, if you, I feel like if I haven't made something in a long time, I just don't get enthused about anything. And then you go and paint something and you're like, yeah, sweet. All right, back to work or back to whatever. But yeah, you need that for sure. Mm. And it's also, it's also a struggle when you're working like in the same field for work and like um, you're doing a lot a lot of commissions that aren't like your stuff that can be super draining too mm. 
And then you just need to go out and have a lash, you know. Yeah, I've, I've, I've always said that. It's really weird. Even if someone's asking you to paint in your style and do your thing, but they're sort of commissioning you to do it, mm. it's not it's not entirely on your terms. I find it... Really I'm getting like, better with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually... I suck at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I'm getting to a point now where, like, I, I understand how to talk about my art a little bit better. And I can sort of get the brief and kind of bend it into my, like, sort of get the brief and, like, pour it through my filter and come out the other end and then pass it back to them and then they're happy. Mm. But I still feel like it's 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 still building towards, like, my whole um, trajectory, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and I, I feel like I'm not wasting time because I... Like a lot of the time with some commissions, I just felt like I was wasting time. Hmm. So what, like, what, what's your um, art spiel? Like, what's what's your <laughs> what's your art about to you? Like, when people say what, like, you know, what what sort of art do you do? I know this is a, a mean question. We can edit it out if you. Uh, no, it's good. It's a good question. It's a really yeah. good question. Um, so, it's like to look at it. It's collage sort of style aesthetic of found textures and typography. But I, I, um, I discussed that idea of perception a bit, a little bit earlier. I'm very interested in the slippage between the indoor and the outdoor, working in both fields. I feel like they should link. I don't, I don't want to have separate practices. I want just a practice as a whole. Um, and yeah, this I. The, the idea of perception then feeds into the, a daily life, you know, because mm. you're always perceiving things. I read this, um, this uh, book by uh, French theorist Maurice Merleau-Ponty, and he talks about perception like, you, like when you look at it, like say a cube or whatever, this is the easiest way to describe it, like you only see like that face, this face, and like a sort of a top, but like you no it's a cube but like you're not actually seeing the cube like you perceive it to be a cube because you know what a whole cube is but you only see this little bit so like by getting things that are around the place and like found objects and then changing the scale and stuff it's like kind of like questioning this idea of perception and like if you just sort of look at the world a bit differently you can notice all of the fucking beautiful little nuances you know like I can find all this beauty in just like a dirty old car park mm. yeah yeah no I get you because it's really seen in your art it's almost like um, a, a building that's been painted and all it's seen too much sun and the paint's all peeling off and then there's yeah. some signage next to it and yeah. then there's like some bill posters that have been peeled off the wall yeah. and all that and I, I really see that in your uh, your art yeah 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 for sure and like like pieces being buffed out people tagging them again all that kind of stuff it's all got like this history of the surface mm. yeah cool well um you know people want to see your art online like where's the best place for them to check it out uh ian-mccallum.com or just underscore ian mccallum at instagram cool all right Thanks for uh, taking the time to sit down for a chat. Yeah, man, it's been bloody great. Yeah, it has yeah. been. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Nice All to right. meet you. Thanks. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Let's go have a beer.
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To find out more about today's guest, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you'll find all previous episodes and images of the guest's artwork. Also follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. There you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with the podcast. Bench Talk's also streaming on SoundCloud and Facebook. Just simply search for Bench Talk Podcast. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review. It helps get the word out. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.